Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. I really don't believe that utilities are bad actors. And I, you know, it frustrates me sometimes when I see the renewable energy company paint them as such. I think utilities are collections of people. Businesses is a human enterprise. And as such, they're dynamic, they're influenceable. And when I think about what we need to do to decarbonize our economy, Utilities play a really key role in that conversation and in that transition. And I have adopted the strategy of engagement and really would encourage any of the leading industry participants to look at utilities, not as diametrically opposed to this transition of clean energy, but as participants and important stakeholders in the process. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of cleantech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. I'm thrilled that you've chosen to spend this time with me and super excited to bring you today's guest. Today's entrepreneur is at the helm of a rocket ship of expansion in a market that has silently been on a phenomenal growth curve. Devin Welsh is Chief Strategy and Development Officer at Sun Tribe Solar, a relatively young but extremely impressive bunch of corporate renegades taking the Virginia market by storm. I recently had the genuine pleasure to visit them in their new expanded Charlottesville offices, and I tried to capture the essence of the culture at the heart of this fast-paced market leader. Beyond culture, Devin and I dig into hiring at over 100% growth rate, raising money, choosing co-founders, and so much more. Had a lot of fun with this interview and with the Sun Tribe folks as we enjoyed their beautiful town of Charlottesville and the Tom Tom Festival. Shout out and hats off to you guys for throwing an amazing event and really demonstrating what Charlottesville has to offer. So I hope that you'll stick around to hear all about how Devin and his partners at Sun Tribe are building a tribe of their own and a profitable business at that in a market that many might not consider a hotbed for solar or innovation yet. You'll be surprised by both when you sit in with me on this discussion. You can, of course, find this and 150 plus other inspiring and influential leaders stories over at mysuncast.com. And hey, while you're there, check out our own Suncast tribe and subscribe to the newsletter so you don't miss out each week when I tell you what's new in the world. But for now, get ready for another powerful conversation here on Suncast. All right, Solar Warriors, you've just heard the intro for today's guest, Devin Welsh, who I'll now refer to as one of the most interesting men in the solar industry. And certainly for me, most interesting man I know in Charlottesville, Virginia. If you're unfamiliar with what's happening in the startup and clean tech community in Charlottesville, I encourage you not only to come take a visit, but to visit with Sun Tribe, one of the fastest growing companies in the business. You guys have doubled in the last year? Yeah, more than that. More than that. So Devin is the chief strategy and development officer. It's a mouthful. Mouthful for SunTribe Solar. We'll get into what SunTribe is all about, man. But before we even get into what got you into solar, one of the things that I'm fascinated by is travel. I travel a lot. A lot of our solar warriors are travelers, a lot going down to Latin America. I never really realized that we had a connection together for Latin America. But I want to ask, what informs your hunger or thirst for experiencing cultures not our own, like cultures not Virginia-based? Uh, wow, I love that question. Uh, travel is is part of my blood for sure, um, has been a big part of my family for a long time. And I think it's actually a big part of the, the ethos here in Charlottesville. Really stems from a growth mindset. I think, you know, one of the core principles that I've always guided my life by is, is the fact that we are dynamic beings. And so we have the capacity to grow. And in order to do that, you need to expose yourself to different circumstances, the way different people live. And, you know, I had a, a wonderful blessing in my life in that early on in childhood, I actually got to 
spent a good portion of my childhood living in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. Mm. Uh, and so got to experience firsthand, not just what another culture feels like, but, but what it's like to become a part of another culture and, and internalize that experience. So Latin America for sure runs deep. It's often hard for kids. I'm, uh, t- I take my kids to Latin America with me a lot. They want to hold on to you know, something that's American. What was that for you? Like as a kid down in Sao Paulo, you're like, all right, here I am. I got to learn another language. I got to make new friends. I'm in a school that's like, not, it's not my culture. How'd you hold on to like a semblance of home? Oh, I have the perfect answer to this question. Uh, and it stems from the love of a grandmother, which is unconditional. So we used to have my grandmother mail us VHS tapes of Saved by the Bells. So we could watch them on repeat. Get out of town. Memorize all of Zach's lines. Oh my so, gosh. Uh, that was a big part of my childhood. I'm a, I was <laughs> a wrestler because of Slater. That's how I Slater. stayed tethered. Yeah. That's how I stayed tethered to the U.S. culture, you know? That is amazing. Another thing that uh, we share in common is a love for the music industry. I wish that I could go to as many uh, musical events that as uh, it, it seems like you do or get, I, I just can't, I've got three kids and you transitioned into clean energy and what I'm finding is not such a necessarily unique road, but help me understand world traveler, Olive Farmer, worked in the Caribbean uh, service industry. There's so many places you could have gone and you have a natural knack for building things. Why clean energy? It really stems from a core belief that if you want to change the world, the first step is to try. I've lived that in a lot of different ways in my life. As, as you've sort of alluded to, I've, I've had the pleasure of living a lot of lives already. This is by far the most rewarding of those lives. And I think the reason that I'm interested in clean energy is because I think it's the biggest challenge that we're facing right now. And as I think about how I might get involved, you know, my first inclination is just to roll up my sleeves and get involved. And I think that's also what we're doing here at SunTribe. That's sort of an animating philosophy of the whole team is, is we're interested in engaging. We're willing to get in there, find solutions, do the hard work to move this ball forward. I know a bit about your backstory. Sun Tribe became a part of your life about the same time that you were wrapping up uh, a two-year, a separate two-year sort of tranche of work in your life, and which was culminated in the marriage with your, with your uh, lovely spouse. Walk me through the process of deciding to come into the clean energy space, right? In the solar business specifically, and then we'll talk a bit about Sun Tribe, but perhaps help me understand what drove you into not not the metaphysical, not the ph- philosophical, but how did you make a decision? Like this is where I'm going. You know, a friend called up from middle school. What was it? Like you're in the music industry, you're building your own house. Like, tell me about this. You know, I had the pleasure of working actually not far from here in Washington, DC for the World Wildlife Fund. It was part of what they call the Markets Initiative. And you know, we were engaging with uh, a lot of Fortune 100 companies on corporate so- social responsibility goals pretty broadly. Um, and there was a laundry list of solution sets that we'd provide, supply chain transparency, you know, fresh water, pulp and paper, uh, energy just being one of the potential solutions. And invariably in those solution sets, regardless of where we placed energy, the companies that we were working with always wanted to tackle that one first. And it became very apparent to me that the, you know, the broader movement to sustainability is going to take a long time. It's a, it's, a, it's a journey. But the step that we can take right now, the one that's right in front of us today, where there is ample will to engage, there's already strong technological solutions at hand, is in clean energy. And so that's really where this whole sort of global movement towards sustainability is going to play out for mm-hmm. this decade. And so that's why I threw my hat in this ring and was fortunate enough to find incredible co-founders to join me on this journey. Yeah. So help me understand, Sun Tribe is, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? You know, Virginia is not particularly well known within the solar industry. I perceive that given its proximity to DC, someone is going to jump in and say, if not me, who, if not now, when? But what's the problem at its core that Sun Tribe is trying to solve? Sure, yeah. Uh, We're working hard to change that. I should say too. Um, you know, we feel really strongly about the Virginia market and are proud to be here. It's a big part of who we are mm-hmm. is Virginia. And we think that Virginia has a strong role to play, uh, a leadership role to play. And, and even Charlottesville specifically, our own town, I think is, is very quickly emerging as a renewable energy hub. And we're proud of that. The core 
challenge that we're facing is, is, is really a global challenge, right? And the question is, how do we get to this new energy paradigm? How do we get to 100% clean energy, which is what all the scientists are telling us we have to get to? And how do we get there quickly enough to avoid some of the, the more obvious um, and, and more extreme negative consequences of, of climate change? And so really what we're interested in is forming appropriate uh, and enduring partnerships. Uh, we're really in the business of partnerships. So what we're trying to do is find important stakeholders in that much larger conversation, that national mm-hmm. conversation around this transition to clean energy and help provide them with the tools, the technical tools, the financial expertise to help them take large steps in the right direction. But yeah. recognizing as well that like anything in life, there's a journey here. And so you know, a lot of the companies that we've been proud enough to, uh, you know, honored to work with, you know, they're not looking at 100% solutions yet, but we're certainly cognizant that that's where we're going to head. And so we're helping them take that first really important step by removing a lot of the risks associated with that through a, a team of really world-class experts that we've been able to attract here. Mm. There are a lot of elements to unpack within a meta strategy of helping retail customers understand the opportunity before them, uh, helping municipalities unlock the opportunities. And I think folks, you know, we were on a panel this morning about at this, at this festival here in Charlottesville, specifically talking about business model innovation. And one of the things that it seems to me that SunTribe is doing is, is innovating around the way that you structure your team. Absolutely. The way that your team approaches the problem. So you mentioned that you're three founders. Help me understand what brought you three together. Define that sort of that, that unit for me, who does what, like where's the differentiation between those three people. Then I, w- I would love to hear how you made decisions early on about who to bring on next. Who's the next, who's the next key piece in our strategy? We talk about day one, what it was like when the founders sat around the table. And the very first question that we asked ourselves, we went around the table and we said, who is the smartest person that you know, mm. period regardless of what industry they are and who's the smartest person that you know. And we went around the table and I'm proud to say that two of the names that were mentioned there are now vice presidents in the company. And so we sort of adopted that strategy of really choosing talent whenever it's available. And as a result, we have built a team that really runs on mutual respect. When you have that high level, uh, that high caliber of individual as part of your team, what you find is that there's ways that they contribute that are unforeseeable and beautiful and that very quickly the organization has grown to mean much more than, than just the founders. And our vision has expanded beyond the, the vision of just the founders. Certainly, we're charting a direction, but you know, we are now incorporating all of our team members. We just hired our 63rd team member, proud to say. Um, and you know, to a person... They are not just contributing to the growth and, and, and the movement of the company, but also welcome to contribute to the direction of the company. It's pretty regular that we'll adjust job descriptions to include you know, areas of subject matter expertise roles and areas that they're passionate about and really kind of welcome those contributions. It's a, it's a dynamic living organization that is uh, uh, by far the thing that I'm most proud of. I love renewable energy projects. I'm certainly proud of our projects, but much more so beyond that, I'm incredibly proud of this team. And I think I would take this team to tackle any challenge. For those who aren't familiar, explain to me who the founders are and how you guys came together. But also, like, was it one of your people, your idea and like they, you or they convinced the other two to come on board? There's a lot of stickiness around how do you divide roles and responsibilities? How do you even divide equity? Like how, what did that conversation look like as you're thinking uh, about how to start this business? And I'll note, I mean, as you're listening to this, like the man in front of me is wise beyond his years. He's 35 years old and he's running a company that has grown twice its size in one year. So take me back to that three years ago in your early thirties, you're stepping out to start this company. What did that, what did that take? Well, I was incredibly fortunate. I have worked in other organizations. I have started initiatives many, many times in my life. And, you know, 
what I've learned from that process is that good partners make all the difference. And I have an incredible group of co-founders here. And what makes us such a strong team is that we have complementary skills. Uh, Rich Alevi uh, leads our construction team. Taylor Brown uh, came to us um, from Siemens Energy, where he's working in more conventional generation. Uh, it really provided incredible depth of technical expertise uh, to the team. And then I was bringing business acumen. I was bringing business experience to the table. So those overlaps were minimal and, and the roles were pretty natural fit. You know, we've since you know, expanded that team dramatically and have all types of new roles. And I've kind of kept that same philosophy of bring your best and we'll accept your best and, and be happy to incorporate that in as, as part of the team. But in terms of when, uh, how we got started, it actually wasn't too far from here. So we're in downtown Charlottesville. We have this incredible pedestrian brick mall. And you know, it was over a lunch uh, that, it, you know, we really sort of uh, coalesced around sort of the, the final configuration, so to speak. Um, but what was so clear to us was that the market opportunity was enormous. And I think that the more that we've gotten in, entrenched in the business, you know, that actually, that perception only grows. You realize that this is an, an, an incredible wealth generation opportunity, incredible job creation opportunity not just for Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic, but globally. Um, and so, you know, when you're faced with such an enormous opportunity that's, that's only been, you know, scratched on the surface, you're a lot less worried about sort of who's going to get what and how that's going to play out because you recognize the scale of the endeavor. And I think what really attracted all three of us, the common thread between the co-founders was a, a profound recognition that, this opportunity and this work is meaningful uh, and has the potential to change the world at a really fundamental level. You know, energy is is a fundamental aspect of our society. It's how we do things. Uh, it's not ancillary. <laughs> it's the core of how we do things. And so, to reinvent that whole process and reimagine it is a challenge that we were all excited to roll up our sleeves and take on. I've had the pleasure of meeting the folks that you're referring to and the complementary skills. It's something that I find far too few startups get right when they're building a company with friends, right? And you guys all came from VT. You had this idea together. I would say an element of luck plays into this, but it's also like knowing that you've chosen the right core skill sets represented. So thanks for helping explain that. One of the things that is evident to anyone who spends any time around your company, it's one of the things that drives me to want to have this interview with you is SunTribe epitomizes the culture that I feel so many solar companies want to have, that they strive, that they, in, they pay lip service to. How do you go about, well, how do you think about culture first? What does that mean to you as a company? And then second, what are ways that you foster a sense of, of family, community, culture, inclusiveness, uh, and growth mindset within your employees? Culture is something that's paramount to us. So again, we think of ourselves as in the business of partnerships. You know, uh, projects are a tool by which we advance those partnerships. But what we really care about is, is, is forming long-term supportive partnerships where we're helping not just our clients, but also sort of the rest of the ecosystem around us, the, the financing partners, suppliers, helping everybody to grow to meet this enormous challenge of transitioning you know, our energy system. And so when you're in the business of partnership, you know, your product is really your people. That, that's what we are. Um, and so our culture is one of respect. In order to get the best out of people, I found that the most important quality when instilling a culture is allowing them to fail, right? You can't have innovation without failure. And the way to show somebody that you really respect them is to give them the space and allow them to take those kinds of risks and fail and then be there to pick them up when they do. You can say, we have a really supportive culture, but you get to show it by allowing people the liberty to really be themselves, right? It's okay to bring an, an off-the-wall idea to uh, a boardroom, and we're not going to hold that against you if, if, if you, you whiff one out of five times. Can you give me an example, a concrete example of culture forming that you guys have instituted here? Sure. I could, I could give you thousands of those. You know, we have invested in our people. 
And so when I think of what our culture is, it is a culture that cares deeply about the professional growth of every single member. Nobody gets left behind. And so we emphasize cross-functional education, you know, to the maximum extent possible. Certainly, you know, at that restaurant, you know, almost four years ago, at that restaurant, when we were setting out to launch Sun Tribe, I was not capable of uh, specking a transformer. But you spend enough time with our engineering team and you know, I could probably do a decent job now. And so I'm not alone in that. And, and we make sure that everybody, regardless of where they are in the company, has access to professional growth opportunities uh, you know, across the various divisions of the company. Because one of the key outcomes that we're striving for is to cultivate the next generation of leaders in this whole clean energy movement. We're going to need a lot more smart people to get to where we're going. And I really look out at my team and think, to a, to a person, every one of them has the capacity to be a leader. And so you know, that would be one example, uh, would be the emphasis on professional growth. Another would uh, just be in terms of how we you know, share in the, the rewards of our business. So we have a company-wide profit-sharing program uh, that extends to everybody. Whether you're an installer on the roof or you're in the C-suite, you get the same check at the end of the year. We divide that evenly. Um, and that's because we really think of it as, as a team. And, and I shouldn't even use the word think of it. We are a team. I think uh, you know uh, anybody, uh, I'd, I'd welcome you to have conversations with anybody that, that works at Sun Tribe. We are a tribe. There's a reason that that's the name, that that's how we're approaching this challenge. How do you test for culture in an interview? How do you test for that fit? What are you looking for? That's a great question. And it's a challenge, certainly. An interview format is a, a short-term format to ensure that uh, somebody's going to be that fit. But what we really care about is, is not so much a culture fit in the classic sense, right? We're not looking for a homogenous group of people. It's, mm -hmm. it's okay to have different attitudes, different perspectives, different communication styles. We actually think that makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. But what we all share is a commitment to the work at hand. Mm. Something we say pretty often around the office here is, we're here because we want to be here. We want to do this work. I think everybody in this office is an A player and everyone is capable of, of doing something else with their life, of really charting their own path and would be successful at you know, a, a, a myriad of, of other professions. But this is the challenge that we've all banded together and decided that collectively we're the right ones to tackle. When we interview for new team members to join the team, the first filter that we're using is really a human filter. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for human beings that I want to spend time with that uh, share the team's commitment to environmental sustainability. They care about the mission uh, of what we're trying to do, and they believe in their own agency in the conversation. You know, they are change makers. They're really good people too. Um, and that's a real challenge, especially with the rate of growth that we have is, is kind of finding a group of people that is diverse enough to lead to, to strong decision-making, but aligned enough to really be effective and share, share that mutual respect that's necessary to, to, to move at speed. We have a saying that we look for, especially on the development side of the business, that the, the key qualities we're looking for are smart, humble, and hungry. I think that describes a lot of us, uh, perhaps myself included. Did you all start out with your own capital? Did you raise capital? How did you bootstrap this thing together? We did have some seed capital that came in. Uh, we're very fortunate to have a supportive investor um, for the launch. And it's, uh, it's been a heck of a standing start, actually. So we haven't had to have another capital round. And uh, we've been off to the races since. Fantastic. More, more profit sharing for the team. <laughs> that is great. Well, when conceiving of the business, one of the first things that folks think about, especially in today's tech culture with TV shows like Billionaires and, and Silicon Valley is we got to go raise money, right? Instead of we got to go raise customers. You're right on the money. <laughs> In the first six months, maybe longer, you define the period, but what's more important, money, product, or buyers? Certainly not product would be my answer. I think if you can find buyers, everything else falls into place uh, pretty easily, candidly. Uh, that's certainly the challenge of where we are in the clean energy space, especially right now. We've seen a tremendous amount of emphasis shift towards client acquisition, early stage development. 
the earlier challenges around product innovation, around financial innovation, those have slowed a little bit in terms of their, their focus. Really, the core challenge now is we have this incredible product. It saves money. It's less expensive. It's, uh, it's good for the environment. It brings with it all these incredible job creation growth. The challenge is, how do we educate all those stakeholders to make them recognize that this opportunity is at hand? Because it really wasn't here even three, four years ago. I mean, when you look at how far we've come in terms of pricing over the last three, four years, it's a very different conversation than we were having. Energy used to be a, or clean energy used to be a premium product, and it has become a discount product. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, It's a really exciting time for the industry. The metaphor that I sometimes use is sort of like pushing a ball uphill. For decades, we were pushing a ball uphill. And if we stopped pushing, it was going to roll back on us. And we've now crested that hill. And it feels like the transition to clean energy is now inevitable. Gravity's on our side. And people can do things to slow it down. Certainly, the tariffs don't help. But they're not going to change the overarching story here, which is, we're moving to a clean energy future. What position do you hold, uh, maybe about the industry, maybe life in general, that you feel is controversial? I think there are a number of opinions that I have used to help guide this company that maybe I don't see reflected in the industry too often. I see a lot of emphasis on specialized knowledge, a lot of focus on deep experience, You know, maybe decades of experience in traditional generation. And so I feel very strongly that fresh perspective is what's going to move this ball forward. And so we've really prioritized sort of intellect over over experience. And that's not to say that we don't have an incredible depth of experience on the team. I think we you know, have over two gigawatts of experience on the team. But really what makes us special is this mixture of experience and fresh new passion that's so energizing uh, for the rest of the team. Yeah, it's interesting uh, you point that out. I mean, I look around, I see guys like Seth who started his own reggae music label, right? Yeah. Like, who else would you want running your brand? Exactly. Which incidentally, we'll, we'll talk about in a second. He's also helping you with a slight modification of your brand now, right? Um, a slight refresh and a new website. What have you changed your mind about since starting the company? You know, there's a couple of types of courage. And I think one type of courage is the courage to, to go out there in a frontier market and to seize, see an opportunity and just get out there and seize it. And I think that is certainly a courage that we have here at SunTribe. But there's an underheralded style of courage. It's, it's a lot less attractive. It's more difficult, though. And, and that's the courage not to build, but to tear down. And you know, as we look at this rapidly evolving landscape in the clean energy industry, It takes real courage to decide what's not working. Let's move away from that space and focus on on the spaces that are working. And so I'm proud that we have both of those types of courage. Um, I think that's the kind of ingredients that a company needs in order to maintain relevance. And it's not something that uh, I see too widespread in the industry. There's, There's a lot of entrenchment going on. I'm really proud of the fact that we have both the courage to move to new opportunity and also the courage to look ourselves in the face and say, this isn't working. We need to take a fresh approach when that is appropriate. And I think as such, you are attracting talent that other companies could dream of. I mentioned before you guys are uh, you know, doubled in your talent in the last year to 62, 63 people. 63, I think uh, started today was our 63rd. Jennifer, she's amazing. I've been in the industry a decade. I've watched companies grow fast. It still is hard for me to wrap my head around the mechanics of that kind of corporate growth in an industry that is not selling widgets. We're not selling licenses to software. We don't need to rapidly expand through customer service. So it's not like you're growing by hiring 15 new customer service people a week. Where is the majority of that growth happening? And help me wrap my mind around what breaks and what do you put into place to manage that growth? It's certainly the central challenge that we're facing right now. And I would say that this organization is rising to that challenge. We're experiencing incredible top line growth that is allowing us to continue that human resource kind of growth path. Moving at that speed presents a huge threat to that culture that we consider so core to what it means to be a part of Sun Tribe, to be part of the tribe. 
we have had to be incredibly proactive in ensuring that we focus on preserving that culture and ensuring that as we grow, we don't dilute. I think we've actually strengthened pretty dramatically, and I'm incredibly proud of that. That's a difficult thing to do, but I don't think our growth story is over. You know, I think we're in the early innings. The scale of our ambition is limitless. I mean, we're going to go all the way. We're the right team to do it. And so we're not just trying to kind of grow our team within SunTribe. We're also trying to affect that same positive change kind of throughout our network, uh, working with client partners as well. Hey, Warrior, are you a solar developer or would-be solar developer who just constantly finds yourself a little stumped in the area of engineering or looking for software that might help you with developing your solar project? Let me introduce you to FTC Solar, a leader in solar project engineering powered by their cutting-edge Sundat software and featuring their new Voyager single-axis tracker. If you're in the utility-scale solar market, FTC Solar has products and services that can improve your project from concept through construction. You can find them at ftcsolar.com, or you could just go to mysuncast.com and click on the FTC Solar banner ad. Hey, Warrior. I just wanted to quickly let you know about an opportunity that I think some of you might value. You might already know that I do coaching for entrepreneurs, founders, executives, and increasingly, folks who are in a major transition in their life or career. I only generally open up spots for coaching about once a quarter, and I try to keep the roster pretty small. But after some inquiry recently, I sat and thought a bit, and I've realized how much I really do enjoy the coaching side of my business. So for the next two weeks, I'll be opening up a couple of coaching spots. I haven't decided exactly how many, between two and four, and naturally I wanted to offer it here on Suncast Tribe first. If you'd be interested in exploring this with me, would you please go to mysuncast.com, click on the work with me button in the menu and fill out that application. I'll only be accepting a few people to add to the coaching roster this quarter. I got to keep it small so that I can focus on my other businesses, but I will be closing this opportunity for applications on May 24th. So if you've ever considered hiring a coach and you'd like to explore if now's the right time if you might want to work with me please do go click on that work with me button fill out the application i'll set up some time for us to discuss it and i look forward to chatting with you soon solo warrior as chief strategy officer i perceive that a lot of this is driven by decisions that you're making in concert with your executive team but i really want to get mechanical here at the risk of being pedantic like how are you managing the growth? Literally, like, is it a daily, weekly conversation? You're adding five new people a month. So the interview process alone would swamp most executives. And you're smiling right now. Yeah, I like smiling. I have uh, a son at home that brings me a lot of joy. So he's a little guy, um, only six months old. So it's hard to wipe this smile off my face regardless. But in terms of that growth, you're not wrong. It's a huge task. It's an enormous task just mechanically to, to sift through candidates, to go through an interview process. And to decide what roles you want to add next. Like, where's the need? Yeah. So it's all about seeing further on the horizon, right? Um, and so our growth, while it's at an incredibly fast speed, is very thoughtful. We actually built a future state that we're working towards opened up those positions, built incremental steps between our target future state and where we were, and then decided to prioritize higher so that they would fill in naturally sort of along that growth path. And so we had a strong playbook to start the year with. And we do that on an annual basis. So we build the playbook, we run the plays, and then we pop our head up, see where we are, build the next year's playbook. And I shouldn't say next year's, it's certainly longer than a year that we're looking out, but really in terms of operationalizing those plays. Where'd you get that idea? Where did that come from? I don't think I have a great answer to that other than that it seems like the logical thing to do. Yeah, but you're not following like a framework like the Gazelle's training for a one-page business plan. Like there's not some methodology that you've gotten out of a book. Like it seemed, I'm wondering, I mean, certainly you guys are highly educated and intelligent, the skeptic in me says, okay, great. Like, where did you get that from? Like, who taught you that you should think that way? Because that isn't necessarily how 
I know people who don't build, who don't run their businesses that way. They're not growing at the breakneck pace that you are. So it seemed, so then I intuit, okay, well, if I want to grow at a breakneck pace and I have a big mission and I have the top line revenue to fund it, what do I need to do next? And like what you just said is you need a playbook and you need a team that's committed to executing that playbook. And you need to know what players have to be on the field, whether or not you're in the game at that level yet or not. And then you backfill. Yeah, uh, I think you nailed it. I think what it comes down to is we're builders. You asked a question earlier uh, relating to sort of interview questions and, and how we go through that process. One of our standard interview questions are, what have you built? Right? That's what we want to know because what we're doing here it's is we are building. And so we bring to it really that construction mindset, right? We say, where are the blueprints? Let's lay the plan out. Let's follow the plan. If we do that, then we're going to get to our end state. And we've now gone through that, you know, iteratively several times. And, you know, with each of those sort of pulses of growth, my pride in what we've built grows. What we're building here is something very, very special. And maybe lightning will strike twice in my life, but I'm not banking on it. This is an incredible opportunity, you know, to do something meaningful for the world. Also to take care of the, you know, our community, take care of, you know, the communities of all of our team members. We're going to take every advantage of this opportunity to make our mark on the world and leave the world a better place. I know the joy of having a child at home who's waiting on daddy to come home. You are in a thriving environment that, uh, regardless of what's waiting for you at home, could provide you enough adrenaline for the average startup junkie to work 24 hours a day. So I love the filter or the perspective that there's something pulling you away from this office. With that in mind, and given the growth, and given that it's not just growing a team, but it's for the mission that you're trying to accomplish, is there anything that you've learned over the last three years that I might be able to um, learn from and with regards to team and time management? It's a huge challenge. I've said that a couple of times in this interview already. There's a lot of challenges with what we're undertaking, but we're up for those challenges. You know, what I'll say is, my son is not uh, just something that is a reason to leave work. It's also a reason to come to work. I'm incredibly proud that as he grows up, he's going to know this is what his father is spending his time doing. Um, and so I get a lot of energy from that. But time management is critical. How you spend your time in a C-suite position, there's a privilege to it because you really can decide how you want to spend your time. It's not imposed upon you. And so I have chosen to prioritize listening. That's how I spend the vast majority of my time. So I listen to client partners to get a sense of the market. I listen to other industry peers to understand sort of what other forces are operating in the market. But most importantly, I would say the majority of my time is actually spent meeting with individual team members and listening to them about the challenges they're facing, how they feel about fitting into the organization, ensuring that there's alignment that they know what success looks like and that they have the resources at their disposal necessary to achieve that success. I probably have uh, over a dozen one-on-one -on -one meetings with employees up and down sort of the, um, the organizational chart uh, every single week. Uh, and, and those, I cherish those meetings. This is my favorite part of, of the week is to, is to hear other team members' perspectives on what we're doing here and, and allowing those to inform not just my understanding of the organization, but understanding of what's valuable to them. Because I want to build something that's not just valuable to the co-founders. We're building something that's broadly valuable to everybody on the team that we can all share a common pride in. I'm struck by the fact that your stakeholders, in, in particular, who you tend to be building a lot for right now are educational institutions. And you have a culture of education to the customer and empowerment internally in the company I see you taking steps that are emblematic of the culture of agency that you want to foster as a company. One of those, and I think that a lot of renewables companies get this wrong, they set their website up as a, a calling card and a bragging post, right? It's like, look what we've done. Tell me how you're flipping that model with your website that just went live today as a refreshed public-facing and customer-facing representation of your business model and uh, how you're infusing this, this notion of empowerment into the, into the website itself as a way that your customers can engage with you? Sure. Yeah. We're really investing in education. 
That's what we're doing. And, and you're right to recognize that a lot of our customers are actually in the educational market. We've had uh, tremendous success with municipalities, public school systems, and we love those projects because we really get to be a part of the community and we feel like we're investing in the future. We're, we're sort of growing a broader understanding of the opportunity. But we've taken that same ethos, that commitment to education, and that, that's really been the driving force behind a website refresh that uh, our team is very proud of. We've been able to put a lot of ourselves into it. Uh, it's, it's expressive of who we are. Um, but you know, we are building out a body of knowledge. We're going to be rolling it out over the next six months. It's really designed to unlock that clean energy opportunity for a wide variety of stakeholders and emphasize sort of the why behind decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's important to us. We don't just sort of want to say, hey, here's this custom energy solution that we've come up yeah. for. This is the right one. We want to help you understand how those decisions were made and and ensure that along every step of the way, you understand the why so that you can comment and make yeah. sh- you know ensure that we are on the right track and that we are properly understanding the outcomes that you're shooting for. Are there any particular technological advances that you're implementing there to help the customers really engage them? Sure. Yeah. We have a, a new uh, solar mapping tool that will live live on the website. We'll actually allow customers to sort of draw their own solar arrays and understand the capacity, both in terms of sort of system sizes and production, but also some of the, the broad economics. This is like uh, the Google rooftop type model. Similar. We like ours because it's really been designed to be simple. Mm-hmm. It's designed as an introductory step to the yeah. conversation. But I think that we in the industry sometimes forget sort of how novel the notion of affordable solar is. Right. Everybody pretty broadly in most of the conversations I have, they know about solar, but a surprisingly few number of sort of the general population recognize how affordable it is or how the scale of the economic opportunity that it presents. And so our hope is that this tool will at least allow that kind of first eureka moment of oh, wow, I could actually save a lot of money. It certainly doesn't go into the depth that uh, a proposal generated by our team would create, but it does give them enough of a broad sense of the financial impact and, and opportunity that they're interested in having that conversation. It's an appetizer sort of before the meal, but our hope is that it will invite those meaningful conversations where we can dig deeper uh, get more granular and, yeah. and really paint that complete picture. Yeah, it's cool. I can actually see how it would allow you and the development team to start leveraging different lead generation strategies. And I haven't seen exactly how you've implemented on your website. I'm really eager to dig into it because I'd love to hear it, see the data and kind of think about how you're capturing and using that data. But um, I know from my conversation with Seth that there's an element, which I love, of this idea of permission marketing, right? It's Here's something for free. You don't have to give us your name, phone number, email. This is for you to learn. There are ways that you can go now, like level two, that'll be interesting to watch how you unfold this. Here are some creative ways that we can help you take this to the next level. Sure. I mean, we want to be a partner. And the right way to be a good partner is to start that partnership off on the right foot, right? Which is to provide some value, certainly not force ourselves on uh, on any customers that aren't ready for that. And so yeah. there is a process of education that you know we have all gone through to understand this technology, understand the economics, understand the the, the market forces. And we don't want to assume that that our clients, our client partners are sort of at the stage that we are. We certainly don't want to limit ourselves to only client partners that are at the stage that we are. We want to broaden that that base. And so we're committed to doing that, to taking, you know, providing the tools to allow really anybody to, to start to take those incremental steps towards mm-hmm. understanding this opportunity. What are some of the lessons or wisdom that you've gained from mentors in your life? In particular, I'm curious how you apply them and how you pass them along now as a leader in, in the organization. I think one of the most important things for a leader to have, and again, it's, it's something that's under herald, is, is actually patience. And it's a little counterintuitive because you know this industry is moving so quickly, but Shortly after college, I lived in the Caribbean for about four years. And the pace of life and certainly the pace of work uh, in, in the Virgin Islands is 
about as slow as you can get. And so it sort of forced patience on me. I don't know if I'm a, a naturally patient person, but I certainly became one. And Island time. Yeah, sure. exactly. You know, I bring that patience to work with me and I try to let it influence my decision making. I have found that a slow, good decision is better than a fast, wrong one. Your listeners, so you know this, uh, was coming. I believe that leaders are readers and readers are leaders. What book have you recommended or gifted the most and why? A Hundred Years of Solitude is actually uh, one of my favorite books of all time. Um, and, you know, it's not the most unique answer, but you know, what I love about it is that maximist approach, that the, the creativity and the, the boundlessness with which that book was written, I find inspiring you know, not just in a literary sense, but in my life as well. I think that we self-impose limits on our capabilities all the time. And I've really dedicated a lot of my professional life to breaking down those barriers, to challenging not just myself, but my team, to really examine what they're capable of and reframe the possible. It is clear to me that we are capable of much more than we give ourselves credit for. And when you pull those artificial boundaries down, you recognize just how impactful you can be, both as an individual and especially as a team. So what is the most recent book that you've read that really gripped you? The last piece is really important. That really gripped you. I recently finished Sapiens. Oh, uh, yeah. Great no, yeah. book. And Ferrari is amazing. Yeah, I mean, part of what I love about that harkens back to the point I just made, which is it exposes how much of our society that we naturally assume is constant or fixed is actually a human creation. And that as such is incredibly malleable. You know, we have a lot more agency in how society is structured and, and how we behave than, uh, than we give ourselves credit for. And I think it's just a function of the fact that you know, we're inheriting a culture, we're inheriting an earth. And so we inherit it with a lot of assumptions. And if you can look past those assumptions, then the scale of what you can achieve grows dramatically. What habit or consistent practice has had the greatest impact on your life or professional work? Time for gratitude. That's an easy answer for me. Gratitude's a big part of my day and intentionally so. It has been for a long time. And you know, part of that is the fact that I'm keenly aware that I'm a fortunate person. I have a lot of blessings to be grateful for not least amongst them, an incredible wife and, and a wonderful family. It's one thing to sort of say you're going to be grateful or, or you know, use that in your communication. It's another thing to actually dedicate time to it, to carve time out for thoughtful meditation on gratitude. And, and I do that and I do that daily. It's, a, it's part of my morning routine. I also find myself pausing throughout the day to reflect. There is a lot of beauty in the mundane, in the way that I see the world. And so when I notice that beauty, I, I take a moment to appreciate it. And sometimes it's only a couple of seconds, but it really resets me mentally and reminds me of, of just how fortunate I am to be engaged in this work and energizes me you know, to keep moving forward and, and to maintain that ambition and to communicate, communicate that recognition of, of fortune to the entire team as well. 30 seconds on morning routine? Uh, my morning routine has changed dramatically. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I six have months. a six-month-old son, Sagan. Uh, he is the light of both my life, my wife's life, uh, all the grandparents, aunts, uncles. Mm -hmm. He's the first of his generation. So it's a big deal. That's a life change for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, been, it's been beautiful. And so I actually start my day pretty much with him. So first thing I do when I wake up is uh, I'm, I'm on morning duty. So uh, I'll go up and I get to wake him up. I like to take my time, spend a little time with him, kind of welcoming the day. Uh, and then we'll go down. He'll have his breakfast. I'll have mine and spend a little time being a human before, before uh, sort of putting on, my, putting on my work cap and coming into the office. Um, so, you know, that's given me a bounce in my step lately for sure. I love it. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about uh, not just Devin, but SunTribe? My arms are wide open. I mean, one of the things that uh, is, is so wonderful about SunTribe is that we, we are so open and, and uh, welcoming. So 
I would say certainly come see us. Stop by Charlottesville. It's worth the trip. You Check made out the, the trip. downtown mall. It's yeah, fantastic. I'm, I'm thankful that you made the trip here. Um, we we love having people in the office, but obviously we you know are available online through all the standard digital channels. Uh, you know we've got our website suntribesolar.com, and I'm available on, on LinkedIn. Are you on, are you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. Uh, but that's fine. You're on LinkedIn. I'm sure. I am indeed. Well, folks will certainly, I'm sure, want to reach out to you on LinkedIn. I do encourage them to come see you in uh, in Seaville. This is a beautiful town. I didn't know that much about it. I'm going to have to spend prioritize some time here. If you had a selfish ask, you've got the Suncast audience before you right now. What do you What do you need? What do you guys? Uh, what's what, what are you growing? What do you want us to break? Yeah, I would say what we're most interested in is finding great talent. Actually, it's our fundamental business challenge right now. Is it, you know, and I don't think it's it's ours alone. I think it's an industry challenge. The scale of what we're trying to do is going to take a lot more smart people. So if you're interested and you're not in the industry, then roll up your sleeves, get involved, shoot me an email, humble yourself to to start at the bottom, uh, whatever it takes to move over and 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 start pushing alongside us to this new clean energy future. Well, let's end today as we always do. What one thing, Devin, do you see happening in the market that perhaps nobody else is tracking? What's in your crystal ball? I think for a very long time, so long that, that people forget that, that this is, you know, doesn't have to be the case, solar has been competing with solar. There is a point on the horizon, and I don't think the too distant horizon, where solar stops competing with solar. And you know, solar is going to be at a, such a price discount compared to conventional energy generation, that the constraint is going to move from demand in client acquisition to supply. Mm. And that's what's really going to cause that sort of incredible acceleration up the hockey stick. I concur. I think that we all as solar warriors in the Suncast Nation, first and foremost, believe that it's not if it's a win. And I'm grateful for companies like SunTribe that have as a part of the ethos and culture that 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 idea of agency and empowerment because it's only with companies like SunTribe that we're going to be able to spawn enough real businesses to handle the demand that's coming. Well there you have it Solar Warriors. Thank you Devin for being on Suncast. The pleasure has been mine. Yeah. Wonderful to meet you Nico. Yeah man, likewise. Look forward to seeing what uh, what unfolds in the next 12 months for you guys. All right, Solar Warrior. Well, that is it for today's journey with Devin Welsh, but it does not have to end here. If you learned something from Devin and I today, I'd love to know all about it. Would you mind posting your thoughts on Twitter or LinkedIn and tagging us? And hey, for what it's worth, a quick hat tip to two who take me up on that on a regular basis, my friends Kyle Cherick and Tor Valenza, a.k.a. Solar Fred, who on a couple of recent episodes have shared it on Twitter and have given their thoughts and interpretations. And I really genuinely appreciate that. I'd love to hear from more of you Solar Warriors, so please don't be silent. I hear your feedback less often than you might imagine. And I'm eager to hear how this one impacted you. As always, you can find the resources and highlights from this discussion at mysuncast.com. While you're there, click on that listen link, which will take you to the episodes page. You'll see show notes, social media, and website links, and other goodies covered in this and each and every episode. And hey, I want to invite you to check out the Suncast Tribe where you can be part of my inner circle of solar warriors and trusted advisors. So many of you have joined just to say, here's a deposit in the virtual tip jar, Nico. Thank you for putting on Suncast. But the member is so much more than that. You gain access to uncut interviews, tribe exclusives, chance to interact with me on and offline. It's things that just don't make it into the Suncast feed. And of course, you can subscribe to my newsletter while you're on the website and get notified of the next episode as soon as it's out. Unless, of course, as it has been the case in the last few weeks, I'm transitioning to a new email marketing service and I don't get the email newsletter out. So I apologize to all of you faithful who wait with bated breath on the newsletter. They will be coming out with more frequency and I encourage you to subscribe. I've got some exciting announcements to be making in the next few weeks. And of course, yeah, I'll be making the offer again for coaching to our newsletter and letting you know all about Mirac and the places that we're going to be and how we can hang out on and offline. To join the newsletter, check out the tribe. Remember, you are what you listen to. And I truly value your investment here today. 
Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.